Hey, thanks for tuning in to Life Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're going to be in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Uh, just with a show of hands, did everyone get what they expected from their loved ones or the man in the red shirt on Christmas? Just show of hands, everybody get what they needed? Yeah, some of y'all like, I didn't get nothing for Christmas. What are you talking about? Here's a virtual hug for you, okay? I love you. Hope everybody had a good New Year's, too. I found out something pretty interesting. Uh, they have these things, these little kitty packs that you can get for fireworks, uh, and it says, two-minute military smoke. I didn't realize it was like actually three minutes and that you probably shouldn't inhale that stuff. <laughs> Found out the wrong way. I was hooping and hollering and dancing. I don't know what my neighbors thought. It was supposed to be like a kitty pack. And it was supposed to be just real simple, like just little sparks, you know. One of the first ones I set off was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. That was an artillery <laughs> shell going off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to call the cops on me. Uh, I was already, you know, not supposed to be setting big things off in the city. So I apologize if you're watching and you're a police officer, I did, I'm sorry. All right, so uh, it's a new year. It's a new opportunity. It's a new moment for you and for me to, to step into our destiny, to walk in the calling that God has in our life. And, um, and I believe this year some of you guys are going to be getting some new assignments from the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys are going to be getting encouragement to keep doing the same assignment you've been on for the last several years, and that's okay. Um, Sometimes seasons last for a short time. Sometimes they expand and they go on for a long time. But you know what? No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, I believe Holy Spirit is with you. And if you would just trust in Him, He can help you through the process of walking in that calling. And if we don't lose sight of that, we're going to find victory, success, and we'll find peace in that process. Today I want to talk about the God of second chances. We serve one. All right? And I'm thankful, and I hope you are too, that God gives us second chances, because if not, we'd be in bad shape. I'm sorry, I'll speak for myself, making I statements. I'd be in bad shape, okay? But we serve a God who's good, who, who looks at his kids and says, you know what? I don't want you to fail. I want to give you another chance to succeed and grow and mature in your faith. I want you to see success in life and find that rich, satisfying, abundant life. And so... Uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but I want you to grab this this morning if you don't get anything else today, is that as God gives you grace, it's extremely important that you give grace to other people. It's going to be real hard for you to be effective for God's kingdom, whether you're at home or at work or at school or in, in the six-foot-apart line at Walmart. If you're not showing God's grace, you're going to lose your effectiveness. And, boy... And I'm going to tell you something. If we're not being effective, what are we doing? We're wasting time. We're wasting time because, you know, there is an important game that comes on at 12 o'clock. I'm just making a point. If we're not caring about God and his mission and his commission for his kids, we get distracted by things in the back that don't have any significance for the kingdom. So I want to be effective in 2021. I want this to be the best year of my life. 
I may have had good things in the past, but that's great. I want it to be even better this year because I'm so in tune with God's spirit that the things I struggled with last year are staying in last year. The things I kept fighting over are staying in last year. This is a new year. It's a second chance. It's a new chance for me to serve God with everything I have, to to continue to let him change my heart, change my mind, transform me so I'm a better person and I'm more effective for his kingdom. So we're talking about grace today. Grace is something that we hear a lot about, but we need to understand what it means, and I want to get into that today. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2 says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We're going to stop there for just a second. Defined in the dictionary, grace is this. It's unearned assistance from God given to humanity to restore us and make us holy. And the second is this. It's an act of kindness or forgiveness. I want you to know something. Grace is not an emotion word. It's an action word. God is actively giving us grace so we can actively participate in what he wants us to do while we're here on earth and be effective for his kingdom. Grace is a powerful powerful thing. I, when I think about grace, one of the easy illustrations is if you think about pet adoption. Like imagine you're on the street and you see this old ugly dog. He's got one tooth sticking out. He's all dirty and mangy and, you know, the ugly dog contest, one of those dogs. You know what I'm saying? If you have one of those, I apologize. But just imagine you're walking the street and you see this ugly dog, I mean, this creation that God has made that's a little matted, matted up and, and mangy and he's sick and he's just waiting for somebody to pick him up. So you walk by, and you get this dog, and you pick it up, and you bring it home. You clean it up. You put ointment on his sores, and you make him healthy, and you clean him up. You make him look good, waiting for that forever home. He didn't do anything to deserve that from you. Not one thing. He was just there. But because you have compassion and love for that puppy, you pick him up, and you bring him home, and you clean him up. That's grace. That's exactly what God does. We don't do anything to deserve his grace. We're all messed up and mangy and some of us got sores, you know what I'm saying? He accepts us, he loves us, and he says, I don't need you to get clean to come to me. You just come to me and I'll get you clean. Isn't that great? We're like the little puppies in the Sarah McLaughlin commercials, you know? In the arms of the angel. You know what I'm saying? And God says, look, I don't care about the mess. What you don't understand is my grace is so big and so powerful and it's so, my love is so deep. I made you. And I'll clean all that stuff up if you let me. Now, there's some dogs you try to put in a pool to clean and they don't want you to clean. They fight you, right? We're the same way. We act crazy and we elect to be stupid sometimes. Right? But God says, if you just trust me, my grace is so powerful It can clean you up in ways you never even knew that you had dirt in. And now you get this new transformed life. And so because we have this transformed life, we can go out and help other people find that same grace, live in that same grace and abundant life that we have found in Jesus. It's wonderful. It's one of the most important things that we can learn about, talking about God's grace. It's so important that we understand this because if we don't understand we're in God's grace, we're going to keep managing our sin. 
Um, and we're going to keep struggling and, and striving for the same thing over and over and over again in our years, our New Year's resolution, that the pages don't change. It's the same thing we write every year because we understand God's grace and his goodness and his transforming power. And we keep struggling for the same thing. Like, God changes. He's like, well, get in the pool. Let's get cleaned up. And you're like, well, I'll give you a foot. Okay, that's about it. Because it scares us to have to let go of things that we think are important, that we think are eternal, that we think are, you know, the things that we have to have. God's like, you don't need any of that stuff. Who cares what your job is? Who cares how important your social status is and who you know? Who cares? If you don't know God, you ain't got nothing. Who cares if what your resolutions are for the new year? If you don't have God as center of all of it, it doesn't even matter. About halfway through February, you're going to be like, man, Lord, where are you? He's like, I've been trying to clean you up. Where have you been? What are you doing? Why are we still struggling with the same thing? Why are we still having the same old thing we're trying to clean up in your life? And you just won't let it go. You just won't let it go. So he talks about in verse 12 that his grace has been revealed. It's it's the foundation of the salvation that God gives to us. It's a gift that keeps on giving over and over and over again. When we mess up, and Lord knows we do mess up, what should we do? We should repent. We talk to God about it. If we've hurt somebody else, we repent to them as well. Talk to them about it. And we let God transform our hearts so it doesn't happen again. And his grace says, I know you messed up. I'm not going to beat you for it. Praise God. Now, we're not talking about parenting today. Because I'll step on some toes today. We ain't going to do that. Including my own. But... I know that God's not waiting for me to screw up so he can punish me. I do know that because his grace is so good. He doesn't give us freedom to do whatever we want to do. We can't live how we want to live. There is a standard that God gives us. But his grace is so good that he's like, look, I'm not here to punish you every time you mess up. If you just trust in me, though, those things you keep fighting through and struggling through, they start falling off of you. Because my grace gives you the ability to get past those things and look past those things and realize that, wow, my good father still loves me despite this mess up. I don't want to keep hurting him by doing this. I don't want to keep hurting my, my neighbor by doing this anymore. Because if God didn't squish me like a little ant by now, he must really love me. So I want to change. I don't want to just talk about having a new year and having new year resolutions. I don't want to talk about this wonderful list of goals I'm going to have and books I'm going to read to improve myself. The diet plans and the workout plans. Let's be real. This is not going to happen. But you know one thing that can bring life and bring us joy? The only thing we need is Jesus Christ. And I don't say that as like a Fluffy statement or highlights, oh, you just passed, you saying that we're in church. No, I'm serious. I have enough real-life instances that I could tell you that if I didn't have Jesus, I would be a broken, broken person. But his grace is so good. 
Part of growing as a disciple of Jesus is being able to say, Lord, I messed up, and I want to receive your grace and walk in that forgiveness. Remember, grace is an action word. It's an act of kindness and forgiveness. God is actively choosing to look past your mess, to look at the gold that's buried deep inside. And that's what he's calling out of us. And that's what we should be calling out in each other. We shouldn't be criticizing each other and constantly calling each other out and being passive-aggressive online. I'll see what you post. I guess I'm getting blocked now, so might as well close Facebook. We should be showing the same grace that God shows us. And parents, I do want to tell you, I know this isn't easy, but with your kids, just picture yourself in that God role. How would you want God to respond to you when you mess up? That should be where you start when you discipline your kids. doesn't mean God doesn't discipline us. But how do you receive God's discipline? How do you receive his correction? That may be where you should start when you talk about how you discipline your kids. And I know, again, it's not always easy because sometimes they... They step on every nerve you got, you know what I mean? But we do the same thing to God. It's like every time he turns around, we're doing the same. Like, we just dealt with this yesterday. Why are you still doing it today? But he still has grace and forgiveness. He still has love and compassion for us. And we share the same thing, not just for our kids, for our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers. Grace is a powerful thing. And what we know about God and what we should be doing as carriers of God's spirit and his character traits is that the, his kindness leads to repentance and leads to salvation. And if we're all disciples of Jesus, and our goal is to make more disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus, who, who get people to come from spiritual death to spiritual life, we got to be kind to people. we got to be grace-giving people. Because if not, we're going to push people further and further away and let them know that, hey, church is just a thing we do on Sundays. It's not who we are, and we don't want that for 2021. Verse 12 says this, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Verse 13 says, While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. said we should live in this evil world with wisdom, Righteousness and devotion to God. Sometimes it's hard for me to see with how people are talking to each other these days. Wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. But I'm right. They're wrong. I don't care. Are you using wisdom, righteousness, and devotion of God in how you talk to people, how you treat people? I don't care how wrong they are. That's what grace is all about. Even though someone's wrong, they still get the same kindness and forgiveness that God gives to us. One of the things that we have to know about this, and this is the good thing for me, is that being a person who is is wise, who is devoted to God, who is faithful, who who is righteous, it doesn't happen overnight. Amen? Amen. It takes time. 
Dennis Powell says it's a lifelong journey. We reach perfection when we get with Jesus. But throughout that process of our life, we're on this journey of, of doing things. Let me tell you something. You can't try hard enough. You got to train. You got to practice. You may get it wrong sometimes while you do life with other disciples who may be a little bit further along than you are in the journey. They can tell you, hey, your form is wrong. Let me tell you how to do it right. Like a good coach would for a football player or a baseball player or whatever. You can say, hey, look, if you would just adjust your elbow, if you would just spread your feet apart a little bit, you'll get that, you'll get that, that shot you need. you need. You need to have somebody that can encourage you and say, hey, look, this is, if you just change this one little bit in your life, you'll see some major results and improvement. That's why we need each other. We can't be little islands everywhere. There will be islands in a stream. You know what I'm saying? It's a bad song, so we're not going to be those people. Amen. Fun fact, that was actually written by the Bee Gees, not Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. But anyway, useless facts for your everyday life, okay? We're not islands, folks. We're all connected. We're one body, and we have to have each other. And so when the leg hurts, the arm can say, hey, I can take up some slack, but let me help you get better. We need each other, and we have to be showing grace. Listen, we can't show grace to the homeless guy on 62 if we're not showing grace to the person sitting on our aisle in this, in this building. we got to start here. We have to start in the house. Matter of fact, you got to start in your own house first, your own temple, right? you got to learn how to accept the grace of God and not walk in condemnation of yourself and realize, hey, you know what? God's given me forgiveness. I need to walk in that forgiveness and grace so that I can now be helpful and, and grace-giving to the person at church that I sit with and worship with so that we can go out when it's time and we see a moment, we take advantage of that moment, we can give grace to someone who doesn't know Jesus. Our, our goal should be to love people who don't know Jesus, right? And so we do that by giving grace, by giving forgiveness, by, by loving people right where they are. The little puppy that's sick and, and right down the side of the road just looking for someone to rescue them. Will somebody please just look at me? Will someone please just give me a pat on the back and say, you know what? You're doing a good job today. We were talking before church with our worship team. We do a we call it a VIP where we talk about vision, information, and prayer, and we pray for each other. And we talk about the sermon before we we get done. And we're talking about you know how do we do this? How do we how do we show people Jesus? How do we live this out? And we were talking about some things and bouncing some ideas around there. And I said, you know, I'm reminded of when he said, hey, when I was hungry. You fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison and sick and all this kind of stuff, you came to visit me. Very non-spiritual things when you think about it. The neighbor who's always griping at you because your garbage can's in the wrong spot on the road and you go and mow their grass, that's grace. Maybe it's the family member who's always on your case and criticizing you. And you send them a card in the mail for no reason at all. Just say, you know what? I love you. And God loves you. That's grace. It's looking past people's mess and dirt and realizing that your job isn't to clean them up. Your job is just to get them to God so he can clean them up. That's grace. For the ones who hurt you and and come against you, and fight you and want to just be on your case all the time. When you, when you show them love and compassion, you're showing them the grace of God. And every time you do that, you're bringing them right to the feet of Jesus so he can do his job. That's his part. His part's to clean up. His part's to clean up. That's not your job. 
And I'm so, so glad it's not my job. I get stressed out thinking about my own mess, much less your mess. <laughs> I see what y'all post. I see what y'all post. See, full circle comes back around to that, you know what I'm saying? Max Lucado said this, and I thought this was so good. He said, Max, he said grace is the voice that causes, that causes us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. When grace happens, we receive not a nice compliment from God, but a new heart. That's good. And then he said this. He said, do we clean up so he can accept us? No. He accepts us, and then he begins to clean us up. And I'm so thankful that we have a God who is willing to get dirty, to smell like his sheep, right? So that he can clean us up, give us a new heart, give us clean hands, so that we can go out and be who he's called us to be. Right in your little mission field, at work, at home, wherever it is. It's where God's called you to be for this season. And while we're there, we should make the most of it. Paul talked about this change in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. He says, Paul says, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor, his grace, on me. And not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other, disciples, or the, uh, other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. He's the one that does the changing. We just need to position ourselves to be changed. To walk in that grace, that special favor that God has, that he pours out freely for us. It's the basis, the foundation of our salvation. My goodness, think about Jesus going to the cross. That is the most perfect expression of God's grace for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still messy on the side of the street looking for hope, he sent hope and hope went to the cross. He went to the grave and he was raised from the dead so that we could have life abundant and life eternal. So I'm going to wrap up. Thank you all for being so attentive on this first Sunday of the new year. My prayer and my challenge for you guys is I want you to get get out of this uh, COVID mindset and, and don't take this any other way than what I'm going to say here. What we've learned is, uh, at first we were scared of the, the stay-home stuff and the isolation stuff. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I don't like being around people in my family that long. What am I going to do? I'm going to be home all day, you know? <laughs> now what I've seen is people got real comfortable being alone. We're okay now. Just, ah, I don't want to go. They may have the Rona. <laughs> and look, people are struggling. Look. People are struggling with this. I'm not making light of the, of the virus. Don't, don't hear that. What I'm saying is I want to challenge you to be wise, right? God gave you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, so use your brain, okay? Be smart. Be healthy. If you're sick, don't come in here, okay? But I want to challenge you this year to figure out ways that you can get out of that lockdown mindset. And how can you go and reach your neighbors Reach people in this county for the, for the kingdom of God. How can we get past this whole, I don't know what's happening with the election. I don't know what's happening with this virus or the vaccine. Who cares? God's kingdom's not in trouble because of the election in, in the United States of America. He's, it's all good. It's all good. I want to go ahead and reduce the fear this morning. It's going to be all right. Since George Washington, we've had a bunch of knuckleheads in the White House, and we've survived this long. 
We're going to be okay no matter who sits behind the desk. I think I'm writing in Kermit the Frog for the next election, but here we go. I want you to know something. God's kingdom is not in trouble. God is still good. He still has grace and love for us, and he still has a mission for us. And it doesn't require us to sit down in a chair and wait for God to move. You are the move of God. Now you've got your assignment. Don't leave here and just go right back to the same routine. Don't do that because it'll be July and you'll be like, where's the year gone? What have I accomplished this year so far? I've done nothing that I said I was going to do. Let's just simplify the entire list. Just find one person that you can pour your life into and help them find the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Just find one person. And when you find that one person, help that one person learn how to do the same thing for somebody else. And then find another person. Just keep it simple. Just find your one. In 2021, just find your one. Just came up with that. That's good, isn't it? You're welcome. Find your one. There's a churchy phrase that we use called means of grace and how we're able to to find God's provision for us to operate in this. And it's simple things, guys. It's reading the word. It's communing with God. It's praying with God. Just do those three things in your personal life, and and, and you're going to see God transform you more than you ever could imagine just by being in his word and just talking with him and just praying with him. Find your one. We allow ourselves to be changed by the Holy Spirit. Our heads, our hearts, and as those two things are transformed, our hands, our, our actions are changed too. Our behaviors are changed. There's no way that I'm convinced that someone says they're transformed their heart and their mind, they still do things that, you know, a disciple wouldn't do. When we're transformed, our actions change, our behaviors change, our attitudes change, how we treat each other changes. That's our goal. I got a phrase for this year, and we're going to start a series next week on this phrase, just love well. Love well. If you're walking in God's grace, it's going to be hard for you not to love well. So who do you love well? Well, first, you got to start with loving God well. Strengthen that relationship because that's the most important one you've got in your life. And one of the things I've always found interesting that we don't talk about enough, but we talk about love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So love yourself well. Take care of yourself. Eat right. Exercise. Go on walks. Enjoy nature. Get off your phone for a while and look around at people. Not creepily, but just go look at people. Just be involved in each other's lives. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor well. The ones who vote differently than you, that look differently than you, that, that came up in a different upbringing than you. Love people well. Love well. Wherever you are, that's our theme for the year. Love well. If we can do that, y'all, with all the division and the chaos in our country right now, even just in our little pocket of the world, 
Guys, we're going to see communities catch on fire like never before for the kingdom of God. It's just love well. Titus closes out in, in chapter 2, verse 14. It says that he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Grace is an action word. It's not an emotion. Well, I feel grace today. No, you're giving grace today. You're walking in grace today. So why don't you stand with me in grace this morning? How about that? Let's stand in grace. Let's stand on the promises of God that God says that his grace is is enough for us, that that his word is enough for us, that his his presence is enough for us, and that's what we need to go out and to be who he's called us to be. The great thing is that as we grow, we grow because God gives us those things. We position ourselves, let Holy Spirit deposit things into our spirit so that we can be who God's called us to be. And that's disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It goes on and on and on and on. Let's love well this year. Father God, I thank you so much for every soul in this building. God, every person watching online, Lord, I pray that this year is the best year yet for us, God. I pray that 2021, we walk in the grace of God like never before. That when people hear us talk, they hear the grace of God come out of our mouths. Lord, and I pray that individually these people in this room and watching online, that they have their personal word from you, God. I pray you give them the strength and courage they need to walk in that word. God, to see those promises fulfilled in their life. Lord, and I, I, just, I just say bless these people this morning, Father. Lord God, that, that spiritual gifts begin to be, be discovered like never before and, and and used like never before, God, that our influence on people and, and government leaders and business uh, uh, entrepreneurs, God, we, we just we see the kingdom of God influence over every pillar of our society here in this community and beyond. I thank you for the leadership that you give us through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed yourself as the head of this church, God. This is your church. You're the pastor. We follow you. And I thank you for all the blessings from, from last year, God. And I thank you for the new victories, the new, the new things you're going to be doing this year.